Welcome to Striving Together, a podcast for the Imago Day Church family to help us follow Jesus together in the grace of His gospel. I'm Christy Britton, and I have the privilege of serving IDC as the discipleship coordinator under Pastor Shane. And I am joined today by Pastor Kent, who is IDC's pastor for counseling, and Denise O'Donohue, our director of counseling development. Welcome. Thank you. It's good to be here. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Uh, Today we're going to be talking about conflict resolution. And my real goal here is just to create some conflict on the podcast Mm. (laughs) and watch you guys resolve it. So I'm going to bring a little beef here. (laughs) Nice. Wait, can I create the conflict and you guys resolve it? (laughs) Let's mix it up. Okay. Let's get crazy. Um, No, but but seriously, let's just dive in. Conflict is universal. There is no demographic or stage of life that gets a pass on this. And while we get trained from childhood on a variety of important life skills, I don't really remember ever being taught about healthy conflict resolution. It seems to me that we just kind of have to figure it out along the way. That seems a little problematic. Um, It likely accounts for maybe a lot of lingering conflicts that we have or unresolved or poorly resolved conflicts. So how can the church help? How can IDC equip its members to follow Jesus in healthy conflict resolution? That's a good question. I think we should do a podcast on it. (laughs) Welcome, Kent. Yeah, glad to be here. Um, This may seem like uh, an easier not very uh, in-depth answer in some ways, but I think we start with the Word of God. I mean, I think if we don't have an understanding of what God's Word says about conflict, then we're going to struggle to resolve it, or we're going to kind of revert to resolving it, kind of like you were talking about. Like, we don't really get taught, maybe in explicit ways, but we're always learning things. We're mm-hmm. um, we're being nurtured in ways all the time, and so uh, it's easy to revert back to what you saw in your home growing up or or the way that you kind of interact with people and your friend groups and things like that, and you don't even recognize how you're acting sometimes. And so I think having a good understanding of what God's Word says about conflict needs to be our starting place. Yeah, I would I would agree with that. You know, as you uh, gave that little intro, it occurred to me I never saw my parents fight. Not that they didn't. I'm sure that they did. They're yeah. human. <laughs> but they never demonstrated that for me, nor did we ever have a conversation about healthy conflict resolution. So I kind of grew up with the idea that it's mm-hmm. something to be avoided at all costs. Yeah. Okay. So along that line, like what are some myths about conflict resolution? What are some common missteps we take or things or ways that we might think incorrectly about it? Kent? Yeah, I think um, one myth I would point to would be that this idea that we can't have peace with someone if we're right, but they think we're wrong. Mm. You know, that if we're trying to resolve conflict, the way to resolve it is I've got to prove to this person that, that I'm actually in the right. They think something incorrectly about me. Mm-hmm. And so I, that would be a, a big myth. Um, along those lines, I think comes with the kind of the desire to justify ourselves that, that we, you know, if we, if we don't justify ourselves, then, uh, then we can't have peace. Um, the other person has to see things from my perspective, you know, that the way to resolve conflict is for you to make sure you see things the way I see them. And, uh, which I think is just not true. You don't, you don't have to, to do that, to be able to be at peace with somebody because you can't, at the end of the day, you can't force someone to see things the way that you see them. Um, right. You can explain it to your blue in the face <laughs> and they just might not get it. And if that's the only way you can have peace, then you're not going to have peace. Yeah. Denise, do we have a duty to resolve all the conflicts in our lives? And what about those conflicts that we can't seem to resolve no matter how hard we try? What then? Yeah, well, I think we do have a duty as believers. I think, you know, that in uh, Romans twelve eighteen it tells us to do everything as far as it depends on us to live at peace with one another. And so I think that does speak to our obligation to try to resolve conflicts. Now, 
like Kent just said, we can't make somebody be at peace with us. We can't <laughs> force somebody to resolve a conflict. But I think that key phrase there is if it's as far as it depends on us, uh, we need to try to resolve those conflicts. Mm -hmm. Does conflict resolution differ within the body of Christ and outside? Like, and if it does, like how so? Yeah, I mean, I think it should. You know, <laughs> I uh, I think the way that uh, way that we treat people, you know, certainly within the body of Christ, not that we're treating people outside the body uh, worse because they're not Christians, uh, but you know, the scriptures tell us that people will know we're Jesus's disciples by the way that we love one another, and so. Um, we should we should definitely have m maybe even more of an impulse. Not that the impulse is less uh, with outside, but but we should be motivated to resolve conflict with our brothers and sisters in Christ. I mean, if we think even think in eschatological terms, end times terms, these are the people that we're going to stand around the throne of Jesus with and worship forever. Is, is the picture that John gives us in Revelation? So uh, if that's the reality that God's bringing us to, why would we kind of sit back and look at the people around us and say, eh, well? I don't really like you and I'm just going to ignore you or avoid you because that's not the reality Jesus is bringing us to mm -hmm. uh, in the eschaton. So why would we settle for that now? And so I absolutely think um, we should be motivated because of that eschatological reality to make peace now so that we can begin living in the reality that Jesus is, is bringing. Mm -hmm. um, and I think a little bit, you know, we can't we can't force conf conflict resolution, and so if you've got someone who doesn't see things from a biblical perspective, uh, you're just not going to be able to make them resolve conflict with you. And so uh, those outside the church don't have the same motivations that we have, and so uh, I think it's it's probably going to be different anyway, just at, at face value. But I think the reality of being brothers and sisters, the body of Christ. Um, the throne of Jesus should motivate us to press into those those yeah. conversations. Um, say, so I'm an IDC member and say I have a conflict with another IDC member. How would you advise, like, what is our responsibility within the body? Like, how do I resolve that as part of like a community of believers? What would, what would be my steps? Like, say we have tried, we can't resolve it. What is the next step that we can do within IDC? Go for it, Denise. <laughs> Well, I think obviously um, at that point, it's a good idea to ask somebody to help mediate mm -hmm. that um, disagreement that you have going on there. And, you know, ultimately, you may have to decide that you're going to agree to disagree. There may not be a resolution, but that doesn't mean that you have to be at odds with one another. That can still take on a peaceable, um, peaceable demeanor between one another. Um, and I think it has to, a lot of what has to happen there is letting go of that idea. Kent kind of introduced it at the very beginning that I have to be right mm -hmm. and I have to convince you that I'm right in order for this to, you know, to be resolved. But I, I think a mediator can sometimes be helpful. Somebody that's neutral to the situ situation that can kind of help, um, voice what's, what each person is trying to say from a different perspective. Mm-hmm. So maybe like start with a growth group leader. Yes. Uh, that would be a, maybe a first step there. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. yeah. I think I think as a pastor, if someone comes to me and says, we're having a hard time resolving conflict and they've said, we've we've brought a friend in or we've talked to our growth group leader, that really encourages me. Okay. It tells me that, oh, there's there's motivation here to resolve conflict in a, in a way that's going to be meaningful. It's not just someone coming to me and saying, hey, I'm fighting with this person. And then you say, well, what have you done about it? It's like, well, 
well, I've stewed mm-hmm. or I've been bitter or I've, I, we haven't talked, you know, and, and, and maybe it's because the other person won't talk to them. But um, yeah. it's really encouraging to me when you see those kind of steps on the front end and says, we, we really need some help and here's what we've done. And it's also helpful to know, you know, what have you exhausted? What have you tried? And it gives, gives you a better understanding of, of kind of where their heart is and, and what their resources are. Yeah, and I think I would go back to that kind of, you asked an earlier question about missteps. Yeah. And I think uh, Kent's uh, idea there of what have you done about it so far is really important Mm. because I think a lot of times our uh, first misstep, so to speak, is to tell everybody else about (laughs) what the problem is and Mm -hmm. everybody else about how this person has wronged me or we're in this conflict and I'm right and they're wrong. We want to tell everybody else, kind of build our case with mm-hmm. somebody else, and that's not helpful mm-hmm. um, to do that. That doesn't do anything but cause more uh, uh, division. Well, I, I too, I think that's a good point because I think our, our flesh doesn't need any help, you know. And so, okay. when there's conflict, <laughs> uh, just think of how easy it is to to slander, to gossip, mm-hmm. yep. you know. And so, when you don't go to that person first, uh, now I think there's a way to talk to other people first. Uh, that's that's not focused on the person that you're in conflict with, but it's focused on you saying, hey, help me understand this situation. Am I seeing this rightly? Uh, that's very different from going to someone else and saying, hey, this person did this. Can you believe what they did? And, and all these things. When th- That's a good situation where you want to be eye-focused. You want to be self-focused mm-hmm. in a sense. You want to say, here's what I saw. Here's what I experienced. Am I seeing this rightly? Help me understand what I should do. Um, but I, yeah, I do think that's, a, that's an important uh, kind of distinction in um, as you're talking about missteps, I think one of the things that we want to be aware of, too, is uh, assuming we we understand the other person completely. And so we mm-hmm. go to that third party and we say, they, they did this because of this reason. I know they did this for this reason. I know this is what was in their heart and what they were thinking. I could kind of see it on their face and things like that. And I just think when we make those assumptions, uh, we're hamstringing ourselves and we're handicapping ourselves from being able yeah. to resolve that, that conflict. And so uh, I think that's another misstep to avoid would be that, that we assume we know the person's heart before we had a conversation with them and, and ask them, hey, this is what I experienced. Like, help me understand what just happened here. What were you, what were you trying to say? What were you trying to do? Because this is how I received it. Mm. I was actually recently talking with one of our pastors about a conflict with someone. And he told me, he said, you know, the other person is never as bad as you think they are. And you're never as good as you think you are. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like, ouch, that stinks, but also very true. <laughs> yeah, you know? good. Um, what would you tell the person who is genuinely unmotivated to resolve the conflict? Like it is what it is. I've tried. We can't get anywhere. And I'm just like at peace with the fact that we're just never going to be friends, you know, if you will, like how, what would you tell them? Like, what do they need to be doing? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, I think the, the first step that I think often gets uh, avoided or ignored, or maybe it's not understood in resolving a conflict is to be prayerful about it. And so, uh, you know, some situations maybe don't require you a prayerful consideration of days and weeks before you address it. Um, I think those are probably the exception and not the rule where those situations where you have to confront right away. I just don't know that that's going to be kind of our normal everyday experience. And Mm -hmm. so I think uh, being able to uh, be prayerful about confrontation before you even get to the place where you're talking to the person. uh, And and in that way, you're actually praying for your heart. You're praying for theirs, that their heart would be soft toward receiving what you have to say, or their heart would be soft toward receiving um, your request for forgiveness because Mm. you've hurt them. Uh, I I remember being in a room years ago uh, with an IDC pastor and with with members uh, that they had, that this pastor had to confront. And the pastor started the conversation by saying, I want you to know I've been praying about this for six months. 
Wow. And that just blew me away. And it yeah. changed. I mean, you, you could feel, because they knew that there was conflict coming. They knew that there was, there was, you know, to an extent, like a correction or rebuke that was coming. And like any situation where you know there's conflict, there's tension. Like you could feel it in the room and like everyone's kind of on the edge of their seat. And like, how's this going to go? And when, when this pastor opened his mouth and said, I've been praying for this and praying for you for six months, it changed the entire conversation. Just set the it was so, Yeah, so powerful. <laughs> And uh, I just think we're, we're much quicker uh, to want to talk about the situation or to address it with the person than we are to, to be silent, to be patient, and to be still, to get before the Lord and to say, help me see, uh, help me understand, uh, help my heart be in the right place to be able to address this person and help their heart to be able to receive what I have to say, even if I don't say it perfectly. You know, if, if I come off too strong or mm-hmm. if I use the wrong words, would you and your kindness and your grace overshadow my mistakes so that mm-hmm. we can actually have have peace here? So I think uh, being able to kind of start with with prayer. And I think if someone says, hey, it is what it is, uh, I don't see it the way you see it, that should throw us back into a posture of prayer, mm-hmm. recognizing, Lord, I can't do this. Uh, they're obviously not in a place where they can see it. And so I want to be devoted to continuing to pray, which I think also guards us from bitterness. You know, So yeah. you go to someone and you say, hey, this is what's going on. This is how you've hurt me. Uh, and they want nothing to do with it. You know, they, they, They're not interested in resolution. They think that you're wrong and they're right. Uh, how easy is it going to be for your heart to become bitter, for you to, to be angry and frustrated with them, to hold a grudge? Uh, and, and if you're just trying to white knuckle loving somebody without tapping into the presence of the Lord and, and, and walking by his spirit, yeah. you're going to fail. You know, uh, we don't have that kind of uh, innate ability to do that. And so I think, you know, our first response should be to pray. We have that conversation and they don't sit where we see it. That should throw us back into a, a posture of prayer for their heart and for ours, too. Mm-hmm. That's good. All right. Give us some pro tips for rightly resolving conflicts. Uh, also, if you have like helpful resources that we can check out on our own to help us in this, what you got? Well, I would say, um, you know, one of the things I think as I was really examining examples from my own life about conflict, I think one of the things that is really important to look at in a situation of conflict is ask yourself, is this just a matter of my personal preference mm-hmm. or my um, mm-hmm. my desire or is it really something that has to be resolved? Because I think um, <clears throat> in the me-centered world that we live in right now, we are just kind of conditioned that we should have everything to be exactly like we want it. Our preferences should always be met. They should be of utmost importance to everyone that our preferences <laughs> are met, right? And so sometimes uh, we need to step back and examine that just a little bit and see if this really is a conflict even worth pursuing. Or do I need to just say, get over yourself, you know, and, and realize that there's more than one way to do things. Mm-hmm. I've, I learned that early on in, uh, in my, uh, role as women's ministry leader is there's a lot of ways to do things mm. and you have a, a lot better um, peaceable relationship working with people if you allow some freedom to say to yourself that's not how I would have done it but I see this is another way to do it and so I think that's a really um, useful tip is right from the start examine yourself and say am I just wanting my own way or is this a really important thing that we need to resolve it's mm-hmm. good it's good yeah, a few thoughts. One would be uh, seek understanding. Don't don't assume. You know, so we talked about that a little bit earlier. Uh, we should be asking questions when we're confronting or engaging in conflict resolution uh, instead of making statements. We should we should lead with questions. Mm. 
this is what I experienced. This is what I saw. Help me understand. Like, is that, is that what you meant? You know, uh, how did you experience that interaction that, that we had? And so I think when we, when we walk into those situations with an open hand that says, help me understand what went on versus a closed fist that said, we're going to make this right, or you were wrong. Uh, we're, we're kind of, uh, clearing out the, the junk and we're kind of making the waters inviting, which is a, is an analogy that I'll oftentimes use with people. I'll use a, an analogy of the pool and say, if you're, if you're inviting someone to your house, you say you got a pool, you're inviting them to your house for a, for a pool party and they get there uh, and the water looks gross. You know, it's not been cleaned <laughs> and you say, Hey, jump in. I mean, are they going to be likely to go ahead and dive head first into a pool that is, is green or has stuff floating on the top? Like, no. And, and if you're inviting someone into a situation of resolving conflict uh, and you've muddied the waters up, you know, and, and you're coming in with a closed fist and they see it on your face and you're in attack mode, like that's not a, like their walls are going up immediately. They're defensive. Mm -hmm. And so uh, if and if you're and if you're not willing to kind of be humble, well, it's like saying, hey, come over for a pool party and I'm going to sit on the side, but you should get in and swim and I'm going to and I'm going to watch you. You know, like if, if you're not in the pool, too then they're not going to be as, as likely to kind of get in the pool. And so I, I think as we think about resolving conflict, think about a pool and, and getting in the water yourself, which means you're going to be humble, right? You're going to mm -hmm. own things uh, and you're not going to demand that they own things before you own things. You're going to be an initiator of, of owning them. And all those, those examples, I think, lead me to what, what I think is the most important kind of element of resolving conflict, which would be having a person over problem approach. We oftentimes see the other person as the problem and we're trying to win the argument. Uh, and James talks about um, having the wisdom from above, not the wisdom of the, of the earth. And he lays out at the end of James 3 and in James 4, this idea of, of smoothing out the, the path and, and being someone who makes peace uh, by being open to reason, by being sincere. And so there's this idea of I'm elevating the person. They're not the person I'm attacking, but I'm, I'm focusing on them more than the problem. And if I love this person, uh, that I'm making the, the the process of conflict resolution more likely. At the end of the day, we might not be able to resolve it in the way that we think it needs to be resolved. That mm -hmm. doesn't mean we can't love someone. The wisdom from above says a person's more important than than a problem. And so I think if if we can have a person over problem approach, that will will serve us well. Yeah. Let's just end uh, back to resources. Like, what are some key biblical texts that we might uh, use in our personal discipleship toward healthy conflict resolution? Let's land the plane there. Well, James, I mean, Ken's yeah. already mentioned a couple of passages from James, and the one that I think highlights a lot of what we've been talking here is from um, James one nineteen, where he instructs us to be quick to listen, slow to speak, <laughs> and slow to anger, and that is like golden it's the ball game. when you're talking about conflict resolution. <laughs> and just kind of going back to what Kent was saying a minute ago, too, even the word choices that we use in talking about conflict are hugely important. If I go in and I'm saying, Christy, you did this, and you did this, and you mm -hmm. did this, you know, you're already going to be on the defensive. So if I, if, if I don't know if you picked up on the words that Kent was using, but if you say things like, I received it this way mm -hmm. or I heard it this way. Help me to un help me to understand rather than you and that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. So um, so anyway, James is incredibly important. I think mm -hmm. as far as books would go, um, our our pastor, Tony, has written a book <laughs> uh, called Christ-Centered Conflict Resolution, yes. which I would recommend. Yes. I think also, too, um, I don't know how many of our listeners are familiar with Ken Sandy, but Ken mm -hmm. Sandy has made a career out of peacemaking. That is what he's known for. So any of his peacemaking books are incredibly helpful. And then um, I would say also Uprooting Anger 
by um, Dr. Bob Jones. Dr. Robert Jones is another good resource on this topic. Excellent. Excellent. All right, guys, this has been so helpful. I just want to go resolve some conflicts right now. So <laughs> we're going <laughs> to go. But uh, thank you for taking the time. We appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for having us. Yeah, it's fun.